know, there are some conversations that you really don't want to have. So someone brings it up, and you're like, no, 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 like, like, I, I, just, I don't want to go there, that's awkward, that makes me feel uncomfortable, so let's just avoid that conversation. And yet as Christians, we're called to go there. And so tonight, we're going to have one of those conversations, one that we would prefer just as well to avoid. And it's simply to confront us with this reality. All of us are going to die. Have you ever thought about that? All of us, one day, are going to die. How does that strike you? Some of you are like, I, I really don't want to think about it. I want to talk about it. And yet here we are on Ash Wednesday, and we're confronted with our mortality. Which is why we brought in an urn. Because one day, all of us are going to be put in a box, whether it's a casket or an urn, and we're going to be buried in the ground. That's what we want to explore in our time together tonight. Because you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, and as soon as sin enters the world, here's the reality that Adam and Eve are confronted with. God says, here's the consequence. For dust you are. In other words, you were formed from the dust of the ground, and to dust you shall return. That's their story. That's my story. It's your story. Dust we are, and to dust we shall return. Paul puts it uh, maybe a little bit more eloquently. He says, for the wages of sin, or the result of sin, death. All of us are going to die. So what do we do with that reality? Well, here's what the temptation is. The temptation is to sanitize death, is to clean it up, to make it appear as if it's really not that necessary. Just a couple of examples of this. One is hospice care. Now, some of you have had loved ones who have been on hospice care, and I feel like I need to just make this disclaimer as we have this conversation and say, I love hospice care. I know people who are nurses who attend to families who have loved ones who are on hospice care, and that's an incredible blessing to them. But think about what hospice care does. Hospice care provides medications which mask the messiness of death. Because death is messy. And on the outside it might look as if that person is at peace and they're not in pain. But if you look inside, if you look at their body, the organs are shutting down. Things aren't functioning properly. Things are being torn apart and and inside, it's a mess. And yet, we try to sanitize that. Here's another way that we try to sanitize death. Mortician. Again, I feel like I need to make the disclaimer. I don't have anything against morticians. In fact, I appreciate the presence of funeral home directors. In fact, the very reason why we haven't earned tonight is because they borrowed it to us from the citizen of Lent. Funeral homes can be an incredible blessing to families to step in at a very painful time for them. But again, what does a funeral home do? What do morticians do? They clean up the mess from the point in time in which they get the phone call to go and make the house call 
Some of you have been there. You know that when somebody dies, it's not always clean. It's a mess. And the mortician's job to clean up the mess, to go through the embalming process, and to make that person appear presentable, almost as if they're peacefully sleeping. But in that, we can get tricked into thinking that death is neat, clean, and it's not. Death is messy. I don't know if you've ever thought about not only that you're going to die, but how you're going to die. That's a tough question. I don't really want to think about that. I know I'm going to die, but how am I going to die? Am I going to die of cancer? Am I going to die of a heart attack? Am I going to die in an accident? Is there going to be something traumatic or tragic that happens to me? Or am I going to peacefully pass away in my sleep? I don't know. I really want to think about that. But however we die, in the end, death is messy. And I wonder, did, did Adam and Eve know that? When God said to them, don't eat from the fruit. Don't sin against me, because when you do, you will die. Do you think they had any idea what that would look like, how that story would play out? Do you think they knew how messy death would be? It doesn't take long in a biblical story to find out how messy death can be. Go to Genesis chapter 4. The first death is a messy murder, where Cain clubs his brother Abel upside of the head. You move forward a couple more chapters, you get to Genesis chapter 6 story of the flood. And again, we, we try to sanitize things. We try to focus on, oh, all the animals were brought onto the ark, and it was a floating zoo, and there was a rainbow in the sky. And yet, if you look at the darker side of the story, there's a lot of people that died, and their cause of death was drowning. It's messy. But you name it, the Bible mentions people who die in that way. People who die as a result of starvation or disease. People who die as a result of the ravages of war. People who die because of accidents. And Jesus tells a story about uh, the, a building in, in the city of Siloam that collapsed. And a number of people died as a result of that. You've got people who died in the Old Testament of snake bites. There's a story in the New Testament about a, a guy by the name of Herod Agrippa, and he died by being eaten by worms like that. That just sounds messy to me. John the Baptist, he was beheaded. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a bunch of teenage boys who picked on a prophet. By the way, don't do that. Because a bunch of bears came out of the woods and mauled them. That's messy. And there's just story after story after story of people who were sinners. And as a result of that, their end was a messy death. That's what things look like. Death is messy. That's what we're confronted with as we go through this Lenten season. Death is a mess. But here's what I want to leave you with. Each of you, as you came forward tonight, you were marked with ashes. You were reminded of the mess of your mortality. And it might even feel like it's a mess. 
something that's left on your forehead that you feel like you have to wash off. But let me remind you of the way in which you were marked. You were marked symbol of the cross. Because it's the cross that gives meaning to our messy mortality. The cross, a symbol where, where we try to sanitize it. We use a cross as a decorative piece, whether it's in our homes or here at church, or we wear it on, on t-shirts, we, we create church logos out of crosses. Looks pretty good. But the cross, if you step back and you look at it, the cross is a mess. There's no messier way to die than the way that Jesus did. You look at the cross, and there's blood spattered everywhere. And Jesus is bruised and beaten. And there's no hospice care. There's no sanitizing of his death. It's messy. And yet, somehow in the midst of that mess, God gives meaning our lives. Because Jesus took on our mess. He took on the mess of our sin. You can't sanitize death, but through the cross of Jesus, you can't salvage it. Because Paul says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. This is why Jesus died a messy death. Because he wanted us to be able to see beyond it. So tonight, I want you to see, yes, you are marked with ashes. Yes, you are reminded of your mortality. But look beyond that mess to the Messiah who entered into your mess and chose to die for you. I know it's a tough conversation. I know some of us don't really want to go there. We don't want to think about it. But all of us are going to die. And death is messy. This Ash Wednesday, remember that you have been marked the cross of Christ. You have been marked by the Messiah. A Messiah who meets you in the midst of the mess. And a Messiah who promises you that, that on the other side of whatever type of messy death you die, there's life for you.